Hello, everyone. This isn't take Hello. two of the podcast. Yeah. Not my fault. Internet issues. As you can <laughs> see, we're not in the same room as we usually would be. We're trying to make the best of a bad situation because any time that Josh is here lately, we are working on the upcoming album. So sorry that we it's, haven't been around for a couple of weeks, guys. It is sounding hella good. And it's going to be fine as it's fuck. sounding super tasty. <laughs> um, so, yeah, sorry we haven't been around for a couple of weeks. Welcome back to Sounds That Changed My Life. This is episode 13. And uh, my name is Tom, as usual. And <laughs> today... Oh. And I'm going to put him on the camera. Now, I'm just going to switch to him. This is Count Fapula. <laughs> Pow! <laughs> Hello. So, so, welcome, Count Fapula. Um, so, the album that we're covering today is... <laughs> uh, is Crisis by Alexis on Fire. We will go into it in a little bit, but obviously we have not been around for a couple of weeks, so we're just going to have a... Maybe a little bit of a catch-up. So, what have we been up to, Josh? Uh, like you said, we've pretty much just been absolutely flat out with our upcoming album, um, which is going to be released very soon. Uh, we are very, working very hard. Um, it's pretty much in its final stages, I think, now. So, um, Run the home stretch, that, boys. Absolutely. I, can't, I absolutely cannot wait people to start hearing it i'm so excited i'm anxious as anything uh, definitely um but no i've uh i think possibly in the meantime since we blasted a video i've got myself a new guitar um which is Ooh, going to be God, yeah uh which is going to be used for um some sneaky future stuff mm-hmm. maybe seven string ibanez absolute glorious um, I've also got myself a uh, another little toy, which is right here, which is the bloody Helix rack, which is uh, absolutely mean as hell. We've been using that for tones and whatnot on the uh, on this album. Yeah. Um, and I've really gotten myself back into all the aquatic stuff as well. That's me personally. Anyway. If you're listening on Spotify, you can't see that he's pointing to a tank behind him, but yeah. he looks like he's in an aquarium. Um, so, yeah, basically... <laughs> Um, we've been playing about with new toys. A lot of the album that we've written, we've taken a lot of time with. So to be honest, it's it's been the best part of a year and now we've got to the point where we're reamping mm-hmm. and we're getting to the point where the album's starting to sound pretty tasty. Um, but Definitely. yeah, I, I'm really happy with it. I think we just try to spend as much time with that as possible. Uh, the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, I, I finished university. Um, so I kind of in all fairness, sort of, I was flat out doing that rather than thinking about the podcast. But in the background, we've been planning a lot of content for the YouTube because obviously we don't just want it to be a podcast on the YouTube channel, but we want to put some fun stuff up on there. And, you know, we have some fun stuff coming up, including maybe, maybe not, maybe a new member of the team. Oh. Maybe. Um, <laughs> so take from that what you will. Um, but if you've looked at the shorts on our channel, I don't mean trouser shorts, I mean video <laughs> shorts. Um, if you've seen any of that, 
you can sort of see the direction um, that some of our new content is going to be. Hinty hint, hint, hint. (laughs) So um, let's have a chat about what we have been listening to uh, lately. We kind of already had this chat (laughs) beforehand because we have already recorded about 10 minutes of the podcast beforehand and we don't like editing so um let's recap josh what you've been listening to mate uh do you want me to go quick or do you want to no 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 go for it okay uh so uh over the past week um slaughter to prevail has released their new album and i cannot stop listening to it's absolutely heavy as shit it's a big boy um it is it's absolutely filth but it's i think it's everything they uh it's everything about them. Like it's, it's fantastic. You can just tell it's absolutely pure, brutal, death metal Russian carnage. It's, Bonkers oh, Russian music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I've, I've taken a liking to um, Dance Gavin Dance as well. I, it's one of those bands which I think when I was younger and first started getting into like the kind of music that I listen to today. Um. I don't know. I, th- I think I I disregarded them. Well, I disregarded trying to listen to them because I think it was. Um, I don't think it was the type of music. I I don't know. I, I was very stubborn. Um, yeah. It sounded a bit different, so I just didn't give it a chance. Uh, but now, like over the past six to eight weeks, I've been listening to a, a lot of different type of music. Um, and I suppose that falls into it. Um, but it, no, it's it's quite nice. Um, Asking have brought out a, uh, I suppose a single, a mini, mini mini EP. Yeah. Um, with the intro and that uh, new track, which was quite nice, and I I quite enjoy that. I've listened to that quite a few times. Um, yeah, it's I've, I don't know that that's. Pretty much all I've been really listening to. Oh, um, Spirit Box's new track as well. Hurt You. Yeah, yeah that's it. Ooh, very so, good, very nice. good song. Indeed. Um, but that's pretty much me. What about you? What have you been listening to recently? Um, the new Asking track is a big one. I won't mm. lie. I've, I've listened to that a lot. I just think it's very, it's very mature. Yeah. I think when I sent it to you, I, I was kind of sat there thinking... You know, this sounds very different, and the guitar solo sounds like Zach Wilde. Like, mm-hmm. did not expect that. Um, <laughs> but I think outside of that and the new Spirit Box, I don't actually know. I've just been recycling through old albums and just sort of listening to different stuff because I, I feel like we've been touching on different influences for the album. So it's yeah. been more reference points rather than trying to find new music. So. Um, a lot of Linkin Park stuff not the early Linkin Park stuff when they got a bit more experimental towards the last few albums yeah Um, the last Mike Shinoda album Post Traumatic um, the production techniques on that album are just second to none and the fact that he just made it in his own house is I find it really inspiring Um, it's impressive man the to be honest, to I, I found a band called Bad Omens. I don't think they're like a small band. They're quite well known, but 
that I really enjoy that stuff. Some of it can sound a little overproduced in areas, but they're yeah. they're How really do you mean, like, fun. Or? I think so. I, f- I feel like it's overprocessed. Yeah, um, a lot of effects. Yeah, it could be the way I'm listening to it. I don't know, but mm. just honestly, probably just Polaris and make them suffer. They've been the two that I've been kind of getting into recently. Um, nice. While well, listening to a lot more of a gain. Um, and I've really, really been into the new Don Broco stuff. There's a song yeah. called One True Prince, which is very, very similar to kind of like Deftones. Okay. It's got some real Deftones influences on it, but, you know, I thought they couldn't get more bonkers from their last album, and <laughs> lo and behold, they did. Um, yeah, That's what so, I appreciate about them. Is that they really do experiment quite a lot in different... In different ways, but how they do it is fantastic. Yeah, it's kind of odd because like I remember talking to uh Mark who I work with and we were talking about Don Broco and he was he kind of had the same outlook as me. He was basically saying when he first saw them during the first and second album, we just sort of thought they were like pretty boys. Yeah. And it's kind of like, Oh, they won't go anywhere and then they go and make, you know, the last album. And you kind of sit there and you go, actually, like it's it's a really impressive. big push. Yeah, and they can be quite heavy, but it's not heavy as in like metal music. It's sort of heavy in terms of production. You know, I know that Mick Gordon writes metal, but he's heavy on the production side. Yeah. And it's a different type of heavy, and I really appreciate that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's a whole different outlook on on music in general as well which it's quite nice to see um like you said you can have quite a lot of i don't know, like it not only is it the style of music that's played on instruments but it can also be done to different effects or just different ways of thinking about how you can produce yeah of course and i think it's um it's quite eye opening when mm. you start looking at things outside of instruments and start looking at production techniques to, you know, maybe push the song forward. You know, I know that we did a similar sort of thing on one of the tracks that we've been working on where it's like, you know, how can the production technique push that song forward rather than the instruments used? Yeah. And I think that's where we've been looking at bands like Nine Inch Nails, mm-hmm. how they've done that a lot and, you know, it's very interesting how that's influenced the genre of music going forward. You know, you can hear Nine Inch Nails in other bands like Motionless in White, for instance. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I find it really inspiring. Um, yeah, so I have no other segue to get into the album, so take this as a segue. <laughs> um, we will take a little interlude, and I'm going to ask a question out there. Um, Go on. We are going to start putting a link in the description to the YouTube. Um, and that link allows you guys to ask us questions. This is a fun bit that we're going to do. We maybe might be answering a question per podcast at the end, maybe at the beginning. We don't know yet. But basically, you can leave a voice message letting you be on the podcast with us. So keep your eye out for it. If you want to be... Um, included feel free to drop us a message or drop us a question think of something that we haven't thought of and then hopefully we can have some fun with it um yeah part of this 
be a part of it. Um, so yeah, basically, we're going to start doing that. Um, we don't quite have the following yet for a full Q&A episode, but, you know, it's something fun that we can do. But if you are here and you are watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, subscribe, follow, whatever it is. Feel free to share it. It really does a lot for us. I'm not going to do it at the end of the episode. I'm going to do it just before we get into the album. And then we can tie it up with a nice little bow. Nice. Sweet. <laughs> so, um, Crisis by Alexis on Fire. It came out in... 2006. Oh, was it really that long ago? It's just reached 15 years. Wow. Ooh. So, yeah. I'm very, very biased on this album. So, um, I'm just going to start with asking you your just your initial sorts of points of view and your, your kind of outlook on this album. Because obviously, you're not, you've not really listened to Alexis on Fire up until very recently. Very, yeah. very recently. If I'm honest this morning, I've known about this band for God knows how many years, purely for the fact I know it's one of your favourite bands. Um, but I thought, I, I, I don't know. It, it's a very, very good album. Um, when, I was listening, when I was listening to it, I can see why people do like them. And I mean, I don't know whether it's me personally or it's my stubbornness to be open towards new uh new sounds or new types of Probably music that. but yeah <laughs> i i'm no way in any way shape or form saying it's a bad album at all like it i probably wouldn't rush to go and listen to it again just yet but mm-hmm. um the second track off the album i knew that one anyway because i think it was one of those songs which was absolutely overplayed and probably still is by Kerrang. Um, yeah. And Which is a shame because it's one of the best songs on the album. Yeah. They are very catchy. They've got very, like, they're very talented on the way they, uh, they're able to write their music and the chorus is a lot hella catchy. Um, I mean, I've, I will listen to them again, but just not yet. Yeah, I think the so, album think- is definitely especially when i was getting into them it was definitely a grower Mm. um it took me i'll I'll admit it took me a while because there were certain songs that i really got into like this could be anywhere in the world the song that you referred to um Mm -hmm. and boiled frogs they were the two songs that i listened to and i was like oh these are really catchy but the rest of the album kind of grew on me yeah um and it's just because they're a post-hardcore band well they were a post-hardcore band you know it was for me, more because I was like, there can be heavy music that's melodic and, you know, there can be singing. And the one thing that I take from them, which I still take from bands like While She Sleeps, is they do this thing where you've got a, a harsh vocalist screaming, you've got a kind of dirty vocalist which sings with distortion, and then you've got a clean vocalist like Dallas Green, and you kind of go, that's a really odd dynamic for a band, but it works so well. I did wonder if there was more than more than two vocalists. I I did pick up on points throughout the album, um, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, so you've got uh, George, um, who's the lead singer. Hmm. Um, 
he can never keep a t-shirt on longer than any show. <laughs> Always comes off and gets ripped up. Um, <laughs> you've got Wade McNeil, who is now the lead singer of Gallows. But he's, oh, really? he's also the guitarist for, obviously, um, Alexis Sunfire. He's the kind of dirty sounding vocalist, kind of sort of punk style. Um, yeah. And then you've obviously you've got Dallas Green, who's also known as City and Colour. Um, the acoustic artist, mm-hmm. Dallas, oh, yeah. City, Green, Colour. Um, so That's clever. Yeah. That's so, really clever. Um, I think it was after this album that Dallas Green released the first City and Colour album. Um, which, depending on where you read it, is sort of the reason why Alexis Sunfire broke up for a while. Oh, really? Um, I do apologise if you can hear a dog out there. Hello, doggy. <laughs> um, this is the joys of working remotely. Um, so, yeah, basically, it's their first album with their, I'd say, new drummer. Not really okay. new drummer. He was, he was the first album with their their now drummer. Um, who also plays for Cancer Bats. Jesus, man. Is it Cancer Bats? <laughs> no, it's not Cancer Bats. It's uh, Billy Talent. Bloody hell. He plays for Billy Talent. Um, Either way. So, yeah, basically, it was the first album with him on. Hmm. Um, and I think they, I think they release it through their own, through their own label. I know a lot of the Alexis on Fire stuff, especially the early stuff, was very, very, um, very DIY. Mm. And that's why people pick them up. Yeah. But oh, I, I appreciate it when bands do that. It's like sleep, they do pretty much everything, don't they? I think it's that sort of band when you look at it and they kind of, they've done the full circle, especially while she sleeps, they do the, the full circle of, we've been on a kind of major record label. And now... We've gone back to the point where we want to do it ourselves. So I think it's quite, um, I don't know, I think it's quite, it's really inspiring when you look at it and think, you know, people just know how they work and, you know, you should never really step in the way of that. No, no definitely not. Um, so, yeah, I, I, like I said, I can be biased about this what? album, so I'm just going to sort of... I was gonna say, what's your points of view, and like, how how did you view the album? I mean, I think overall, this is my favorite album by them. Yeah. Um, I think as I've grown older, the album afterwards, which was their last album, um, Young Cardinals. Hmm. Um. See, now that one I've actually listened to before. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great album. Um. That one, I think I like more as I'm getting older, as I'm mature okay. and stuff like that. I, I do, I really do like that. But I can always mm-hmm. come back to this album. And it's always one of those yeah. albums that I can always kind of sit there and be like, okay, let's throw that on because I know it front to back. Yeah. But it's one of those albums that when I was a kid and LimeWire was a thing, um, this album and the Paramore Sessions by uh, Papa Roach was the two albums that I downloaded the whole album for, but obviously with LimeWire, you download them track by track. Yeah. So that I never knew the track listing, knew all the songs. Uh I didn't know the order to them. So when I actually bought this album a few years ago, it really shocked me to see what order (laughs) the songs were in because I thought this could be anywhere in the world was like towards the back end of the album. 
Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's number two. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's quite cool. But the the art for the album and the name Crisis and the lyrics for the song Crisis um, is based on like a storm or a blizzard that okay. hit the Niagara Falls or the Niagara region because they're from Canada. Mm. Um, so the, 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 the front cover shows a man who's got like frostbite on his hands and his hands are swollen. Um, so oh. yeah, it's, it's all about that, like not all of it, but the album artwork name and lyrics for the crisis song are all about that sort of, that crisis as such. So yeah. I found I find that stuff really interesting because I didn't know that until a couple of years back, and it's been out for years and years. So I I, I really do I think it's um, I don't know I think it's a really smart way of doing it and it, like there's reasons for it. It's not just let's give an album a smart name. Yeah, it's like it's, it's uh, let's look at the history of this generally has a meaning yeah i think so um just while we're chatting about it i've I've just read that this album was a big influence on hail destroyer by canterbats cutting our teeth by we are the ocean um and in some way shape or form by four years strong which is my favorite four year strong album holy crap yeah that is a fantastic so album to be fair I find it quite interesting because um, I never would have thought that. Bearing nah, in mind, this is on Wikipedia, so Wikipedia could be completely wrong. Um, but <laughs> I think it's um, it's it's quite interesting when you look at it like that and then you listen to Hell Destroyer and go, okay, I kind of get that now. Yeah, I'm going to have to go and listen to that again, now knowing that. See if I can pick up any references or... Like, inspirations towards it so the question is and this is just a random question out there how long do you think an album should be uh personally it in my opinion it really depends on the type of music it is okay if i don't know with uh Top of stuff I listen to, I'd say no more than no more than forty-five minutes. Okay, I'd say that's that's Absolutely good. Max. Yeah, I I agree. To be honest, I think half an hour is too short. Mm-hmm. The new Twenty One Pilots album is like half an hour, and it's just like by the time you start listening to it, it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think an hour is too long. I, th- yeah. I think an I hour mean, can start to drag unless it's with the right band. Yeah. It's more or less if you've got time to actually focus on it as well. I mean, if if you have something in the background, it's like, who cares? You can put on the discography and just listen to all their music for hours. But mm-hmm. if you're actually genuinely listening and trying to pick out um, specifics from a, a new album, for instance, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say no more than 45 minutes. I can just imagine you get really bored or you you get a bit tired of listening to that same band. I get that. Um, I mean, I mean, it could just be me, but that's my personal opinion anyway. So how what long do you? you think this album is? 
Uh, Trivia time. I mean, I was listening to it work first thing this morning. I'd probably say maybe between 53 minutes and an hour and six. What version of this album are you listening to? Jesus Christ. Uh, I have no idea. To be fair, I just I was getting on my room my work subliminally listening to it. To be 41 honest. minutes, 37 seconds. Oh, was it actually? <laughs> if you listen to the bonus tracks, which I don't think are on Spotify, if you listen to it on there, that's an extra seven minutes. Yeah. Okay, maybe not then. <laughs> it's funny how time drags when you're at work, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's mad. So, yeah. I, I think it's quite interesting to see how, how long albums, how, how long people think albums should be. Because, you know, I, I genuinely think the older, not the older we get, but the, the more time progresses, especially with music, I think that albums are also getting shorter. Mm, I think people's attention spans just seem to be decreasing over time as well. Like, you find with social media, the way that's turned out, it's, I don't know, say for instance, TikTok, you have like, you can have up to a minute video. Mm-hmm. But those minute videos are an, enough to keep you engaged and to keep watching that. And then you script to the next thing, which is a completely different story or, or whatnot. I don't know. It, I just find content just seems to be changing. I think everything's a, now, 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 isn't it? Yeah, it's. I find video games that way as well. I've I've recently completed um, Resident Evil Village, and when I buy a game and play it, I mean, I I don't really buy story based games anywhere anymore. Purely for the fact I don't, I don't know. I just don't find I have enough time to actually sit down and give it the appreciation it deserves um but when i do i i'd like to play a game which has got what 30 hours plus i mean i, I completed yeah. resident evil in i think my time was something like just over nine hours which i thought you pay 50 quid for a game i know 50 quid compared like goes on base the amount of like hours that whole team has put in to make this game but for something which the majority of people aren't going to replay nine hours seems a bit steep for 50 quid. It's probably me being cheap or whatnot, but I don't know. I I, I agree though. I think, I think it's just the way that things have been like without going on a rant, because we could talk about video games for a whole podcast. mm -hmm. um, But without kind of delving into it too much, you look at the Call of Duty games. Yeah. They know they make most of their money from multiplayer. Yeah. So the campaign is what 11 hours at most Mm -hmm. if that um and it doesn't have the replayability factor whereas games used to yeah i mean look at bloody skyrim that would have you on there for 100 hours plus Um, which is mad look how old that game is and they're bringing out a next gen version next month i know they've they've i think correct me if i'm wrong but i think it's eight times they've re-released that game over the, the same years, with GTA been, as well. Yeah, it's mad. That <laughs> GTA 5 has lasted three generations of consoles. Oh my god. Yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it? 
Wow. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, I, I, I just find content just seems to be going a, like really short purely for the fact of how uh, its consumer is just getting bored very easily. Yeah, it's it's you look at everything though. You look at you know you had apps like Vine, mm-hmm. YouTube sort of going the same way. It's all about short form play. You you look at things like Tinder for instance. Like it's everything now. I want a relationship now. Oh, I don't like you. I'll go on go on to the next one. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of worrying. <laughs> it really is weird. It is. It's really weird. But at some point, people are going to be forced to slow down. Yeah. Simple as really, but where were we? I've gone off. We've gone off on the tangent, and I'm lost. <laughs> all right, sack all that. Um, let me ask you: How did you first get into this band? Oh God, um, I was a secondary school, and it kind of worked backwards from City and Color. Okay, I remember being sat in um, the studio. Uh, secondary school in well in sick form sorry hmm. and there's a song by city and color called sleeping sickness okay and it's a it's a dual vocal thing there's dallas green and there's another vocalist now I, I don't i still don't know who it is and uh tom one of my friends who i was studying the course with he was sat there playing it on acoustic and then um our friend Joe, who looks like Jesus, um, started singing along with him. And I was like, this is a really nice song. I was like, you didn't write that, did you? And they were like, ah, no. So um, it was that. Then I fell into City and Colour. Okay. And then I remember Tom was always about music and he was always doing something different, doing different bands and you know, at one point he had his own online radio station and yeah, yeah and I remember mm-hmm. listening to it one day because Tom was one of the cool kids and he had basically, I asked for City and Colour and he was like, try this and he put boiled frogs on mm. and so I went and did some digging, figured out it was Dallas Green and it was kind of like, oh, well, He's one of the cool kids, so I should listen to that album. So I literally f- went head first into that album after that. Um, so, yeah, I think I kind of have those two to thank for that. And then, you know, I, by the time I really got into them, they'd already broken up. Yeah. So then I saw City in Colour at Reading Festival. Loved it. Got a bit emotional. And then... We went to download a couple of years back and Alexis on Fire. It was like their reunion tour. They played on the second stage. Oh, my God. Oh, I was, was that, a wreck. Was that 2018? Uh, 2019, I think. Well, no, we went to. Oh, no, 2018. Jesus. Oh, God. COVID <laughs> is a thing, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, 2018. And, yeah, I stood there and watched it. And I just I couldn't believe I was I was stood watching the best band ever. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I feel, I don't know, like there's quite a connection to that band and I don't know why. Mm. Like they're not a band that I listen to all the time, but they're a band that I can put on at any time and I feel like I've got quite a connection with them. 
Yeah. And I think it's rare to have those sorts of bands in your life. Well, absolutely. But that's the thing, you know, for a fact, like, I suppose that band to you is timeless. Like, it, it doesn't matter whether you, I don't know, in 20 years' time, like, you can still put on the album and think, oh, shit, like, this is still an amazing piece of art. I really appreciate everything that comes from this album. I think so there's certain it, it, bands that you look at as well in life and you sort of, you can, and I've said it before, you can track times in your life by certain bands. Yeah. I definitely. can track parts of our friendship by Sum 41, System mm-hmm. of a Down and Slipknot. Absolutely. Those three <laughs> bands, um, like me being in sick form, was all about just sort of discovering Dallas Green, basically. Yeah. And then that opened my eyes to kind of see like, oh, wow, like, you can be melodic and still write heavy music. So it's it's one of those. I think it's just that with me, the fact that I will listen to heavy music, but with me, as long as there's something to sing along to. That's why I like Parkway Drive. They always write those sort of Iron Maiden guitarists where you can sing along to it. Yeah. Stuff like that. As long as there's something that I can sing along to, I will listen to it. If it's just hardcore, like proper death metal, doom metal, and it's just... It's like, I, I can't get on board with that. I'm not very good with it. Yeah. I think that's where you and me differ. Um, I, I tend to listen to a lot more of that stuff. Don't get me wrong, I, I do like more melodic stuff as well. Um, like, I, I know I pretty much say about them every, every episode, but Periphery, the way they started off being quite... Um, very gentian, like a lot more harsh vocals, but as they've progressed through their album cycles, um, they seem to be getting a lot softer and more melodic, which I, I appreciate. Um, I just pretended to roll my eyes and failed. Um, <laughs> no, that's no, my uh, I, I agree. Cover. No, I agree with Periphery that they're, they're the one band that I think they just got a lot of stick, yeah. Like for when they first started, it's just like, oh, it's just gent, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But the further they go on, the more you realise they're really good songwriters. Absolutely, and they, no, I, they've I kind of been so much. I think they've been very much innovators in the scene now. Like you look at the the fact that they've released, like they're like the guitars that they've released, are one. The precision mm-hmm. overdrive pedals, like the Horizon devices, is great. Nolly's just a force within himself as a producer. And then you look at GGD and how that's pushed, you know, drum programming forward as well. Mm -hmm. And you kind of go, you know, outside of them as a band, you still got to respect the fact that they know what they're doing and they're really smart. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's quite nice that they're actually making names for themselves individually as well. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's it. They're like the biggest bands are always the bands that you can name different members, not just the lead mm-hmm. singer or just the guitarist. And I think that's it's quite a um it's quite a statement for the band when they when you can do that. Yeah, definitely. So let's circle back because <laughs> yeah. all these tangents. I know we we always <laughs> do this. We we do the podcast and we go, "Oh, we went off on so many tangents and it felt so 
so felt so natural when we finished the podcast and we're like, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And then we listen back to it. It's like, what the hell were we talking about there? <laughs> Half the podcast wasn't about what we're actually supposed to be talking about. <laughs> so obviously a lot of these sort of remote podcasts and stuff like that, especially with the albums, we, we did say before that, you know, that the album podcasts were going to be shorter. When we're sat in the same room having a chat, they're probably going to be longer. So... Mm-hmm. Because we're all busy and you've all got lives. So um, what was your favourite track on the album, if you had to choose one? Uh, it's probably the only one I really know, which is um, <laughs> track two. I can't remember what it's called. This could be Some anywhere of... in the world. That's the one. Yeah, that I think it's just down to uh, the fact that I actually know it from like, hearing it years ago and it's it's just one of those popular tracks that kept playing and obviously it's stuck in my head and uh, I was able to get like pick up the rhythm of it uh, quite quickly again, which is quite nice. Um, yeah. No, I think it had a very, very catchy chorus. Um, one of the stronger ones, uh, which was able to stick in my mind uh, quite a lot more than the rest of the album. Um, but no, it's, I think... Uh, I'm shit with names, man. <laughs> the track two, yeah. <laughs> cool. We'll go for track two. Yeah. Um, what about yours? Um, I always pretend that uh, I'm having a real bad time in choosing an answer for this, but uh, there's there's two songs that pop out. Go on. There's two songs. It's like sort of like a two part. You've got "We Are the Sound" and "We Are the End." Um, okay. We Are The Sound is one of my favourite tracks on the album, but I think my standout track, the one that um, is probably my favourite, is uh, Keep It On Wax, mm. which is about um, a breakdown of a friendship. Okay. Um, it's not a nice breakdown of a friendship when you when you kind of look at it, mm. but it's just it's a really well-written song. Um, and to a friend, who's between or I don't know. Like, I've read into it a little bit, and I still don't quite, still don't quite get it. So, from what it says here, and I don't mean to be on Wikipedia. So, if this is wrong, I'm sorry. Um, apparently, it was the the old drummer said that they'd slowly grown apart that he wanted to spend more time with his family and his fiance, Um And Keep It On Wax is alleged to be about him and okay. his subsequent t- trash talking of the band. Oh, all yeah. right, okay. I was going to say, I, I can see where, like, if you're in such a cycle of, like, tour, right, tour, and all that kind of stuff, you you will get into a, a state of mind where you think, okay, I need to take a break and actually spend time with people who are generally careful. Yeah. Um, but shame on him for slating the band or talking shit and all that kind of stuff. That's it's not needed. The fact I that mean, he probably it, still gets royalties as well. Yeah, exactly. Which is a bit of a shame. So, okay. I, I understand why they wrote the song. There's, there's quite a lot of weird moments on the album in terms of talking or trash talking or emotional lyrics about somebody like there's a song called you burn first mm-hmm. and it's it's literally like 
you know, the old the old adage, I wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire sort of thing. Because uh, the lyrics for the chorus are, call me if there's a fire, because I want you to mm. burn first. And it's like, <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Um, but I think there's quite a few of those sort of negative feelings towards people on the album. And I could be wrong. It could just be angry lyrics on an angry album. Um, yeah. But I think they do it really well. There's a song called To A Friend on there, which is towards the end of the album. Um, and that one on Rough Hands, which is the last song on the album, those two last tracks on the album just cap it off really well. Yeah. Because the album's fast and it's heavy and then it just sort of winds down at the end. And I just think it, it's a really nice way of ending the album. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think so. With Without kind of going off on a on a tangent for too long, because I will go into literally the history of the band. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that'll be my, my favourite song. Mm. Keep it on wax. Um, it's it's kind of, go on then. How has this album, or how, let me start again. Uh, how has this sound, has that album changed your life? Um, so you out of everybody knows that I never wanted to be in a metal band. Mm -hmm. Still don't want to be in a metal band. Like (laughs) it's simple as like, I, I listen to metal, but the older I get, the more I find it boring. Yeah. It's all, it all starts to get the same and you know, all that sort of stuff. And I always... I grew up listening between metal and pop punk. Yeah. Um, but this was the first sort of band that felt in between. You know, it was melodic, okay. but it was also heavy and angry. And, you know, there was really beautiful moments, but there was also really crushing moments. Um, and it was the first time I really kind of got to a point where I was like, wow, you can do that. Hmm. And there's no double kick. And you also know that I'm not the biggest fan of double kick. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's again, unless you're the one of the really, really great drummers that can play double kick really well, people just go, I want to learn a breakdown or I want to learn how to do straight double kick rhythms. <laughs> and it can be quite lazy, especially if you're getting into a band and especially if you're triggering drums. I say a lot of people tend to trigger now, which is a shame. I mean, it's impressive that you can still get the um, the sheer speed, but obviously you're not putting consistent and uh, consistent effort into actually hitting the drum as hard as you are for each individual beat. Yeah, and I think this this album takes me back to a sort of mindset where you can tell they've been in a room together and written these songs. Yeah, such a live aspect to it. It's like going back to the track, Keep It On Wax. It's like you listen to it and they go, keep it on wax. And it's like the guitars hit at the same time. The drums hit at the same time. There's a drum fill in between. It's like you would not have thought of that if you were just sat in a bedroom playing with Pro Tools or Logic or something like that. You've been sat in a room writing that song or you've been on tour or you've been in a room sweating it out, writing that. And that uh, that's what music composition and writing is to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's how it changed my life. 
I think it's music awesome. as an art form rather than music as a solo practice. Yeah. Too many people are t- too happy and too, you know, comfortable sitting in a room by themselves writing a song. And when you take it to somebody else and go, oh, look at the song that I've written. And somebody goes, mm, well, you could do that differently. They react negatively. It's not yeah. a negative thing. That is, that's working with others. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you're in a band with someone, you take a whole song to someone, they can go, this would sound better that way. They might not be right, but if you try it, it might be better. Mm-hmm. It's collaboration. That's a, yeah, that's exactly what I was just about to say. And that's all it is at the end of the day. It's like, if you don't open yourself up to collaboration, then you might be in a position where you will skip out on writing the best song of your life. Yeah. Because you'll think this is good. And then somebody else will look at it and go, "Mm, could be better. And that's the thing is collaboration pushes you to a point where it can be better. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's what I really appreciate about just getting into a room and, you know, working on a track and going, "Mm, that tone needs something. Or this song needs something. And then when you actually hit that point where you've reached that something, it's like a golden nugget. You both look at each other. You look around the room. Everyone looks at each other. And you're like, that's it. That's the one. (laughs) The twinkle in the eyes, the mood, (laughs) the light. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know exactly what you mean. It's it's happened to us as well. To our writing experience over the past 12 to 18 months, like, um well we started remotely when covid first happened and um we were getting the basis of songs down and then it was like even down to a couple of weeks ago um i came up with a like a lead lick over one of the choruses which uh we thought we'd put the song to to bed and it was like that's a song that was first written for the album and it's been around for a year and then you've written a guitar lick for the chorus it's like there we go yeah, it's like pushed it that next step. And then obviously, like, because I, I, I think I pretty I wrote that when I was like in the same room as you. And like, we both looked at each other and was like, whoa, what the fuck? That's cool. <laughs> that sounds really nice. Uh, now, I, I, I think it's all too easy to be sat in a room by yourself and second guess everything that you do. Absolutely. And I, I'm completely guilty of that, to be honest. And so I you think, come up with something. Yeah, I think, it, I think it takes for someone to be sat next to you to be like, stop, that's great. Yeah, get that down. That's, that's quite nice, and then you can work on it from there. So at least you've got some sort of a basis idea of something. I think that's no, the thing. I mean, it's, the... it's it's sorry, I don't mean to talk over you. Um, no, it's okay. I think it's sort of being in a position where you're happy to say, right, that person's brought something to the table here. Yeah, you know, rather than. If somebody offers some feedback, going, mm, I don't, I don't like what you just said. It's like, be open to it because it might actually change how you look at something. Everybody looks at things oh. differently. Mm. Oh. Right. So, I think that went off on a tangent. We are <laughs> almost at the fifty-minute mark. So, this oh. is supposed to be a short podcast. So, I think we might tie it up there. Yeah, um, I think I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed yes. this conversation. Um, again, as usual, if you do want to leave a question, there will be a link below. It, like I said, it is something new that we're trying. 
So get involved. It'll be fun. Um, if you are listening on any of the audio platforms, thank you for being here. You know that we really put a lot of effort into that too. And we do see you or hear you or whatever it is. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll give you a wave. Hello. Um, please subscribe, follow, like, share, all that crap. Um, but I'm going to let Josh take this home. And I'm going to let him say his words of wisdom. Oh, I, I don't know. If, obviously, I can't see like your camera, but if you can see the board, it's okay. I look beautiful, um, <laughs> as always. Um, <laughs> no, thank you ever so much for being here. Uh, if you've got to this point, yeah, we really appreciate you. Um, please leave us a, a like, comment. We'd love to hear from you. Um, it, we'd like to hear what kind of albums you'd like to hear us talk about, even if it's stuff that we've never listened to. We'll go away, listen to it, and give our, our feedback. 100%. All that, all that kind of jazz. We've, As you've probably guessed from the past 13 episodes, um, we're absolutely nuts on music, anything to do about it, like we're there. Um, so, yes, please send in your, uh, send in your comments. Really look forward to reading them um but no thank you again and we hope you enjoyed everything um leave a like uh five stars on uh itunes apple music whatever it's called now um and we hope to see you on the next one sweet we will see you soon bye bye peace bye